بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته everybody hope you guys are good جزاكم الله خير um, on behalf of Shazad, uh, lots of uh, thanks and gratitude to all the folks that have been sending messages and everything. He's not been able to get back to a lot of it. As you can imagine, things are very busy. Uh, but he is very grateful. Also, Jazakumullah khair to those folks that attended the uh, janazah and the uh, burial as well. So I saw loads of you there from the brothers and the sisters. Fawafakumullah Jazakumullah khair. And that's that. Um, okay. So, and also, yes, we had a really, really beneficial weekend, alhamdulillah, with the, uh, the class art. And uh, let's see. Let's see. There's, there could be a possibility of, um, there could be possibility of uh, maybe um, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think it was going to go as well live as I thought, maybe, whatever. Um, but maybe next year we will do it for the, um, the American and the Eastern audiences uh, online. And um, possibly, possibly, maybe mid, maybe early mid or maybe late uh, 24 in London. If I can find a weekend. At the moment I can't find a weekend before the summer. But possibly, possibly, there could be one in May or maybe in September. Um, but if I can find a weekend off, then I will teach it in London, inshallah. And online is a bit easier, but we'll see. We'll play that by ear. All right, folks. So today, inshallah, we are, we are going to cover the last section and the last part of the shortening of the prayer. So we'll have a little bit of a discussion again about the concept of what is happening with the traveler and how we're understanding that. And then we finish with that. We'll easily finish today. We'll do some Q&A and stuff. And then from next one, huh? This is not connected. Oh, you want me to speak a bit louder? So, um, and then uh, after we finish today, then the next, I think, three or four weeks, maybe more, will all be on the issue of combining. So that's separate, as, as, as I've been saying for a long time. A lot of people think that this is something which is connected to uh, travel. It isn't. It's connected to Al-A'adhar. Remember, this section is the prayer of Ahlul Al-A'adhar, those people who have legitimate excuse, legal excuse. I think that's how we translated it, legal excuse or something. So this is for those folks that have a variety of issues. And so next week, next week and then the, re the next weeks, we'll be looking at all of the concessions that are, are, are available and what do they look like? What does a concession look like? Um, and what its implication is, etc. But anyway, it's going to be combining. All right, so today, then, our section that we're going to cover in the Arabic will be... Um, Oh, Malahan, 
معه أهله معه أهله لا ينوي الإقامة ببلد لزمه أن يتم وإن كان له طريقان فسلك أبعدهما أو ذكر صلاة سفر في آخر قصر وإن حبس ولم ينوي إقامة أو أقام لقضاء حاجة بلانية بلانية إقامة قصر أبدا So if a sailor who has his family with him doesn't intend residency in any place they must pray their prayer in full Okay, and one should pray the prayer shortened so that's completed now all the people who've got to pray the prayer full now that those people who should pray their prayer shortened one should pray the prayer shortened if one if a person has the option of two routes and chooses the longer one two if a traveler remembers a missed prayer from a previous journey a traveler <clears throat> that means that he's still traveling okay if a person is held back in a place he has not intended to stay in. <clears throat> and finally, if a person intends to stay in a place temporarily to fulfill his needs without intending to be a resident, regardless of how long he ends up staying. Okay? We're going to cover all of this today, inshallah. All right? We're going to cover all of the details in this, uh, in this section. Right, so... In the text, we're at page, uh, at the bottom of three, uh, page 379 in the commentary, Sharh al-Mumti'. So, the Sheikh says, quoting Imam al-Hajjawi, أو ملاحاً معه أهله Malah is a captain, right, uh, of a ship. But by Malah, that was the obvious kind of uh, always-on-the-go kind of guy in their time. And so this is referring to, you know, the, what's his name? What do we call him? The driver of the, of the, of the plane coach. What do we call him? Pilot, yeah? On a plane. No, plane coach, I said. Flying coach. Flying coach? Driver. You know, you're flipping such a coconut customer, honestly. He's not called a driver at all. Capitan. Capitan. I think he's called Capitan, <laughs> something like that. The, the, uh, the, the. Chokidar is the uh, gatekeeper, conductor isn't he? Conductor, yeah. What did they call a conductor in thingy? Chokidar. No. Yeah. It's a, it's a gatekeeper. But I think I think in our ends, I think they call the uh, the the guy who takes the money as well, Chokidar. Anyway, but him as well, and then the driver. What is it? Tikadar. I I take it. Whatever. Ah? Conductor. In Urdu, yeah, with the conductor. <laughs> but it could be conductor. So, um, so they're referring to a person who's always on the go. That's what this issue is about. Yeah, and the classic example back in the day would have been the pilot, the, the the captain of a ship, right? And so they're speaking about him, and they're speaking about his family, right? And the prerequisites of this ruling that this person must pray in full. So if we translate each section, O Malahan, captain, Ma'ahu Ahlu, he has his family with him. Layan will baladin. And everywhere and anywhere that he goes, he has no intention to stay for any appreciable length of time, other than, you know, like in a cruise, people stop for a few days. 
or if it's a business, uh, if it's a trade ship, then it's just to unload, isn't it? Yeah, and then get off again. So these things, these people don't hang around. And even if it's longer than that, but they have no intention to hang around, they're just waiting for, because sometimes a ship will come and uh, they have no intention to go, but the customs are doing checks and paperwork and the taxes might mean that it becomes a week or two weeks. And so the point is, is that the delay is there, but the intention to stay isn't there. Okay. So all of these various uh, uh, scenarios, these people um, will, uh, will pray the prayer, uh, will pray their prayer in full. And the reason that the Hanabila, the Hanbali school have taken this position that they will pray in full is because, because they don't have two key things. No intention to stay anywhere. And because their family is with them and therefore they don't have a base, then the ship becomes the base. Does that make sense? And that becomes home. And therefore, if the family were left behind in a place, whether that place was home, or whether that place was one of the stops that they decided to then rock up, then every time that he leaves that place, he becomes a musafir and he's a musafir on the entire journey. So this is a very interesting position, actually. Right? And there's a lot of these kind of caveats and the like. So that's basically a, a, a summary of the position of the of the subject that we're covering uh, today. So, so, so just to go into the details, then. So he goes when the person when he says that um, not making any intention to stay anywhere. That means neither the 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 the, the, the on the way there, uh, neither the, the the port of departure, neither the port of arrival then he has to complete the prayer and if the family uh, is left behind in any place he'll be a musafir in the entire journey as I just said and also um, for example so if, if for example he was a captain of a ship um, uh, that's put that's that's uh, 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 starting from Jeddah and it starts off from Jeddah and he leaves his family in Jeddah as well. And he goes out to the Indian Ocean and then to the Pacific Ocean as well. Then he will come uh, and then after one or two months he comes back to, to Jeddah. Then because he traveled without his family, he's a musafir all the way when he's out there all that time. And when he comes back home, he will pray in full. Okay. Um, Sheikh then says that the... Um, that in this scenario, the other drivers would also be uh, in the same situation. Uh, the like uh, uh, the plane coach kind of guy. And the, the, actually, the really good example is what Ijlal has put, which is the North American truck drivers. You know, those, those guys who are on the road for days and weeks. And their cabin really is a proper cabin. They have a, a bed in the back and they can cook and they can do X and Y and Z. Yeah. So this is a good, so this is a good question. Yeah. Correct. This fa the, 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 the family, uh, the dimension of the family is more about a base. And so if he's not married, then the, that just makes the situation even easier, technically uh, speaking. Meaning that he now definitely doesn't have a base, according to the Hanbali school. And therefore, he's absolutely uh, uh, a full-time, full-prayer guy whilst he's traveling in this ship. Now... The interesting thing for me 
is how readily Sheikh Uthameen agrees with this position. Okay? But he's very comfortable with this position. He goes that this is the case. I, I, I agree with this. Well, he, he, does, he doesn't say I agree with this. He explains it and doesn't disagree with it. Doesn't bring up any point of it being a problem. In fact, I'm going to finish actually what he says and then you judge whether he is going with it or not. So he goes, yeah, so the people who are driving, you know, uh, rented cars and uh, public transport, then that's the same thing. If they've got the family with them um, and they're all traveling at the same time, then they have to, then they can't do, they, they can't break the fast and they, they can't shorten the prayer. They are not musafir, okay? Um, and if, for example, they do have a place where they stop and the family stay behind and that's where they're going to remain, then when he sets off, it doesn't matter where they stop. If they stop in like a transit place and they say, we're going to stay here for a couple of months, they make an iqama in a place, then effectively it's like it becomes a musafir, which itself yani, is something for us to think about, right? Sheikh goes, um, if, what if somebody was to say, but then if this, uh, uh, if we were to say that the family was to remain behind somewhere and therefore they are musafirin, then these people will be 24 7 musafirin, except for like a month, a year, or a couple of months when they come back. The rest of the time, they're all going to be musafirin. So they're only going to be praying safar prayer and they're not going to be fasting. So, how's that possible? So, Sheikh says that. Why is, it, uh, why is it like that? They can fast in the, uh, in the winter when the days are short and it's the, the days are short and cold, meaning, of course, the problems are longer and hotter days, isn't it? That's the bigger problem. And also, if they return back to their home in Ramadan, then they're going to fast Ramadan. Otherwise, they're going to just gather them up. It's not something that it's not obligated that you don't need to fast or anything like that. And then he mentions, and then I, and actually, I'm going to now stop there actually and uh, say that, as I said, uh, Sheikh Uthameen doesn't kind of put up a atirad against this. Yani he just seems to go with it. Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti, Hafizahullah, he said the second opinion on this matter is that regardless of where the family is, whether they've been left behind or with they're with them or whatever, these are people who are in a constant state of travel exactly as we all understand it, as common sense would dictate, and therefore they can utilize the concession of traveling all the time. And I have to say that this is the class position. This is what I believe is the more correct position, and I do not believe that it is contingent upon the family being in one place or not being in one place. I believe that, I mean, to be honest, this is a rare scenario that the family are going to be traveling with a person working all the time. Very rare. But let's just say that if it was the case, I still think that these people will be praying the traveling prayer all the time, even on their uh, ship or their cabin or the whatever. In modern times, it's going to be more likely the other possibility, which is that they are staying at home and therefore you're going to be a traveler anyway. So in the military in the military situation where they're moving from location to location, it's gonna ask me this question again in about ten minutes. 
when we come on to the, the final section of this particular um, uh, chapter. Shams says, what do the Hanbali say the status of the family is? No, the family is all one. They're all one now. The ruling is all one. When they're on the road, they're all them pray praying uh, full prayers. Okay? And uh, Harris says, you know, our travelers and gypsies and nomads and Bedouins and those that are, you know, whatever. Are these basically captured by this? And I think so. And I do think so. And on this point, I want to say, because a lot of questions have been asked actually over the last few weeks on this matter, and that is that I actually work the distance of traveling every day. Yeah. So I work in, well, Chester's close, but let's say Wrexham. Wrexham, I think, is bang on 50, is it? Could be, maybe. Somewhere like that, or Flint, or, or Wrexham, or Rill anyway. Rill's about 70, so I think Wrexham-ish. Yeah. Uh, let's just assume Wrexham from Manchester. That's like 50 miles, yeah? So, um, if it is. And so if you're going there, Wrexham is a straight hour. Nothing more. It's not a bad road down M50 and whatever it is, and uh, M53 or whatever. And so you could get the clean hour, clean back, and you could do 50 miles. Should you be praying full in your location when you arrive? And this, of course, is a very popular question, and it's a matter of difference. And there are some scholars that said that as long as it's not your home, then it is, you know, a place of travel. First of all, there's absolutely no disagreement on the fact that on the way there and on the way back that there's going to be traveling prayer going to be done. On that, they all agreed. The area of difference of opinion, the controversy or the difficulty, if you like, is on the issue of what happens when you are there, when you arrive at your location of work. They said that Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma, that he had a business in a place which was far away from his home. And when he would go there, and it's not very regular, but whenever he was there, he would pray full. Now the problem with these narrations, and it's, it's narrated in the Musannafat, the problem with these kind of narrations is that it's not clear whether he prayed there in full because he was there for longer than four days because it doesn't mention the length of time that he was there or was it as Muhammad Mukhtar is using it um, is it that he's praying there in full because of the comfort factor so regardless if he's there for one day or two days or whatever now if I was to put to you that I have a holiday home in Scotland and in France and in Pakistan or whatever I think people are more comfortable with the idea and they kind of accept it immediately so here's the question. If we're all happy with the concept of, the, of praying in full in a holiday home, right? Even if that holiday home hasn't been used for six months and the first two days are a mission, yeah? Putting everything back on again, warming the house up again, the fridge is empty, there's no feel like home or family or comfort or all of the kind of things that you expect in a home. You want to, a home is a home because you can move around and you can drink and eat whenever you want, but you're going to be on takeaways for a couple of days, yeah? So if we're kind of all agreed on that fact and saying, no, this person's going to pray full when they get to the home, well, then some people's offices are far more comfortable than that. They get to their office or their business, especially if it's a business they, that they own. But if they're a working kind of professional or maybe an executive of some sort and they have a very comfortable setup at work every time, then according to Sheikh Muhammad Muqtara Shankriti, this person has to pray in full whilst at work if the distance of the place is 50 miles or more away, regardless of the length of time that you're there for. So this is not about 
being there for a week or whatever if you're going daily commute in the morning and coming back over there in full on the way there and on the way back shorten and any other concession that is needed at home full this is an acceptable position of course it's the safe position but you should also know that the alternative position is that he's not at home it's at work it's not a place of stay and that it is um, a place that we would be shortening uh, at because the distance has been traveled for journey i'm on a journey as uh, as well um if you're going to push me on to say what would a class i mean this is not a point in the class anyway but but if you were to push me on what my, my my opinion is i'm always obviously of the opinion that to be on the safe side is just common sense in everything right but that's not exactly very adventurous fiqh right it's not exactly very you know so if i was going to be pushed on if i was going to be pushed on you know, give a, a proper uh, ruling on it. I would say that definitely the ease and the comfort that you feel and everything that you psychologically and physically, materially feel when you're a traveler, all of that was removed wherever you are, then I think that there is a good shout that you would pray in full. But I would want to see all that confirmed. So for example, if a person is locuming or contracting, there's no way that I'm going to be praying in full. If I'm a locum, or contractor, or even if I'm contracting for a week, for example, some like programming contractor or a nurse locum or whatever, where it's not like a, about a day, but it's like even for a longer period of time. If I'm going to a place where I'm still first time introducing myself and it's like it's not, you know, you have a certain give, but it's not like the give of being in your own office. So if my office, office, that I'm there every day, every week, this, that, whatever, and everyone knows this is my space and this is my seat and this is my coffee and this is my eggs and this is my why and I can close the door and I can pray and whatever, then I think there is a shout. I think there's a point there to be made that a person could choose the opinion of praying there in full because they're enjoying quite a level of comfort. And you can, at least you understand now why there's a difficulty for the scholars in which way to go and why that reasoning uh, is a locum means a contractor a contractor so any questions on that before we uh, move uh, on from this I don't know as I said before when it comes to ident when you move away look what do we say we said that the Muslim Ummah for very good reason has always kept things as simple and regimented as possible so that people don't become confused. So they set 48 miles or 80 kilometers and they don't mess around with it. And they set four days uh, and more or 15 days according to the Hanafi school and they don't mess around with it. Then you don't need to worry about all the rest of it. Once you've taken the mileage out and once you've taken the days out of how long you're staying in a place and you're now starting to introduce vibes vibes and feelings and comfort and whatever once you start playing in that kind of kind of arena then you've got to then you've got to then take responsibility and you know just have to answer your own questions as honestly as possible and determine how do you how do you determine what you feel is home. What is the home feeling? 
what is the home feeling? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you see, this is the problem, right? There's going to be so many variations. and I mean, what you just described to me, moving home, entering a new home, I cannot imagine any scholar ever thinking that you would shorten in this place, however difficult it is for the first months, let alone weeks or days that you're talking about. Now, if you think about that, it's a contradiction. Right? Because if, if you like, you'd say, well, hold on, a minute ago you spoke about comfort and ease and no takeaways and bloody, uh, you know. And I'm telling you now it's going to be the roughest couple of weeks ever. Got no, no, you know, don't even have a kitchen. We're converting this and converting that. We've got no heating and nothing, whatever, whatnot. But I would say that is as home as home gets. Like, you literally don't even have another home. You know what I'm saying? So a person could call me out and say, well, that's contradictory. And I would say, I agree, I'm not exactly, you know, I'm not singing from the rooftops that this is absolutely impenetrable, these arguments. But like I, I, I would, I would absolutely stake everything on that, that I would not find a scholar from any of the opinions of how they perceive traveling that would consider moving home and it being tough to be a reason to do qasr. I'll be, I'll be actually surprised. Yeah. In that scenario? No, not that scenario. Yeah. The thing is, over so many weeks, I feel like they're getting a bit... Soft? No, a bit lost. <laughs> so what if I tell you that it's only my confidence at the beginning that was making you not lost? No, no, that this whole easy. subject is lost from the beginning? I, I know, because every week I'm asked a specific question. Yeah. And then you get lost. If I was to summarize, if you leave, if you leave your hometown area... Yeah. Yeah. Despite the distance, despite how many days you've been Not traveling. despite the distance, not despite the distance, but an appreciable distance that people would consider to be a journey. Okay, fair enough. But wouldn't that be leaving the. No, 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 no. We, we spoke about that so much, right? We said that, you know, everybody knows that going to Cheetah Mill is not a journey. Everyone knows that going from Ilford to Stratford is not a journey. Everyone knows that going from Clapham to Camden, uh, Clapham to. To uh, Thingamajig, what's uh, down at the bottom? Croydon. It's not a journey. Even though it's good, uh, Clapham to Croydon, 10 miles, 15 miles, whatever. Uh, to Cheatham Hill, 10 miles, 15 miles. It's not a journey. But once we start talking about Liverpool, right, then we're like, mm. once we start talking about Huddersfield, we're like, mm, you know, once you start getting into, mm, that's okay. okay. Then, then some people will, will stay on the safe side and they'll say, not going there. And some people will say that, you know, uh, no, that's a journey for me. That's, that's tough. I, I, I've got to pack. I've got to do X. I've got to Y. I've got to, you know, make sure I've got food. I've got to make sure, whatever. I mean, I personally would very, feel very uncomfortable shortening in Huddersfield. But, but and I'd feel uncomfortable doing it in, in, in Liverpool. But if someone says to me, Sheffield, I've always said Sheffield feels like bloody miles away. Sheffield is closer than... Oh, well, I don't know about that. Not from here, eh? Is it? You reckon? Maybe. Maybe. Yep. You're never going to get it, bro. <laughs> we all want a two-line summary to the fiqh and two-line summary to combining 
and a two-line summary to X. Yep, an appreciable distance that is considered a journey, not an appreciable. Cheatham Hill is an appreciable distance, but well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Philadelphia's chicken all the time, and I'm thinking that's an appreciable distance that I am not willing to do every night that I want chicken. And no matter how long the distance of time, so with, with for example, the city line, we could be sailing for three months. Yeah. And you just said that the family, with him or with me, without him, yes. they're not a base now. Yep. He could be traveling for three months, yep. and he'll be doing supper. Yeah. So yeah. The, 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 the Hanafi 14 days and the seven days of the Hanbali, you know, none of that matters there. Yeah. And uh, 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 yes, and, and uh, because the truth is, is that these kind of scenarios of these people, uh, yani what I want to say is that let's be, let, let, let's actually open up on this subject. Look how surprised you are. You mean this guy's on the road for three months? Yani, you know, like how can that be? So why is that a problem? No, problem. no, but it is because if it wasn't, you wouldn't have said the question. And the reason it's a problem is because there's a human side to all of us that are like, how the fish can a guy be shorting for three months? Nah, 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 bro. That ain't no Hanafi nothing, bro. That's everyone is thinking, how can you do that? And what I think, I mean, it might be that this is the right reaction, that the gut reaction to kind of taking a concession is not, you know, not right. But I put to you the, the following, just playing the advocate. Number one, this is the a tiny percentage of people that this applies to. So why we're making this so, you know, important that it dominates the fiqh doesn't make any sense. Number one. But number two, let's say they weren't so minority. Let's say that they were an appreciable 10%. Okay? What's the problem with them shortening all that time? Now, I know what the problem is because I've seen it, counseled on it, answered so many questions on it. And I've done that traveling myself. The problem with it is that it removes from you the, the it not removes, it makes praying a prayer in full more difficult. And it makes praying the sunnah more difficult. And so I put to you that everyone who's thinking that this is some kind of buzz and madness and this guy's taking liberties is a straight out curse. It's the opposite. It's a straight out curse. I don't know of anybody that's got his brain screwed in that thinks that being traveling all the time and as a result enjoying qasr all the time isn't the biggest fitna that this person will, will face in his life. To the extent that I'll go further and say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honestly trials peoples in entirely different ways. And if people understood this point, it's just this point that I said, there'll be so many less questions and so many less difficulties with the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I use this answer, what I just said, as a, almost every single time when a lady wants to do an abortion because of genetic markers that are being shown in early testing and whatever, whatnot. And there's such a pressure that that family has been that is placed under because they do Down syndrome so early. Right? It's that, this Down syndrome test was meant to be a mercy, it's turned into an absolute curse. Right? You look at society, and not only would they say, yeah, the, the amount of love that Down syndrome kids get is mental. 
or Down syndrome folks just across the board, whatever their age. Whenever you see, it's like, it's like I was watching the, uh, the, what was I watching? I don't know what I was watching, but, but, but you can see footballers, they will walk past absolutely every, it's, it's, it's brutal the way that they do that. But the second they see the Down syndrome thingy, they said, if I walk past this guy, I'm dead. <laughs> and they will embrace every single Down syndrome kid that they see. Now, I'm not being bad or anything. They're going to get killed if they do that. If they pass them. But I'm also willing to say that they immediately feel something in their hearts because everyone does. But X years earlier, X months earlier, they were ready to drop that kid within one second. Positive Down syndrome test I've just seen. Whatever, whatnot. I don't know if I can handle that. No, 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 no. It's unbelievable how quick people want to lose or uh, whatever phrase you're just, I don't need to get all kind of, you know, whatever about it. So the point is, is that what a lot of these parents don't realize is that you're not yani, the abida of this flipping world. You're just some pack. You're not going to Jannah because of the Sunnah and the Nafil that you pray and the, the charity that you're going to uh, pay and the, the jihad you're going to do in Palestine and you're going to do. Well, who are you? And maybe that this child is your only route to paradise. Your only route. You haven't got a bone of khair in you. And you're giving it the, you know, it's, I don't think I could handle it, blah, blah, blah. My whole life, my career, my this, my that. So many people, they just want that good slap of reality. And subhanAllah, as soon as they hear that, they're like, I never thought of that. Now, I'm just saying, this is where it's used. But I want you to understand that this needs to be applied to all of the world in all of their specific situations. The person who comes and says, my parents, honestly, everyone's parents are okay, man. I know I've seen other people's parents, blah, blah, blah. But my parents, they're a complete mental nutcase, this, that, so extreme, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. So? Deal with it. You're blessed with this wealth. You're blessed with this stability. You're blessed with this job. You're blessed with this peace, whatever. You've got all the other areas covered off. So this is the area. So unless my guy, you know, I'm seeing him and he's happy the Quran, you know, uh, 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 teaching all the masses the, the, the thingy, he's going to give da'wah to 5,000 yani, villages in some yani, Amazon, Congo, or some Bagwas, whatever. Who knows, what, you know, where his jannah is. Maybe his jannah is in his parents. Just like, surprise, surprise, the Prophet ﷺ said. The Prophet ﷺ, when he describes some of these things, right, actually you can see that he is trying to emphasize this exact statement. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, what, when one parent passes away? Closed. So that was your way in. Door closed, mate. You can't come in now. That's it. Now go and find another way. Go and find another way. Bro, if you're not a, a big player on any of the markets of Ibadah, in any of the areas, what are you going to do now, bro? You're done for. If you don't have khair in you proper, about the one thing that you did have is that you just really, really looked after your parents. Bro, I know so many non-practicing people that are amazing with their parents. And, yeah, and their parents are so tough. There's your, there's your route in. And that's your only route. Um... And it could be something entirely nondescript, the other way around as well. Like the Prophet ﷺ encouraging people, you know, I've spoken about this in Protect This House, which I'm guessing most of you have done, but you will know that I told you that in the Arab culture and in our culture, Pathan culture and tribal culture generally, the girls of the house, when they get married, it's like they're gone forever. We're like, we're not interested because it's the embarrassment, humiliation ever. 
guy comes in, you know, puts, put, put, puts her over her shoulder and walks off, yani, victory dance, and that's it. Got the girl later. And then like, he calls us to the walim and gives us one bloody table in the corner. Your flipping mum, mate, am I coming? Yeah? <laughs> so the whole thing is this humiliation upon humiliation, and there's, everyone makes a big play about it and all the rest of it. Now, I want you to understand whether that's right or wrong or jahli or not, whatever, we take that, okay? The key is what happens when the divorce occurs and what happens when the uh, death occurs. We have a girl now who has nowhere to go. Now, by the way, Bichari, she's got no, nothing to do in it uh, with the whole hoopla that just happened, yeah, for the X amount of years. But the community understands that she's going to become one of them, yeah? And there really is an us and them. And the Prophet ﷺ completely recognized that. And so he releases and states a statement, which makes no sense actually in any era of our modern time, but makes complete sense when you put these glasses on. He said that whoever takes his daughter back, can you imagine talking to the father, and cares for her and feeds her and clothes her, will be protected from the fire. Meaning that's now, so there's a random dad basically who's just you know, random average Joe. He's got no gender producing kind of actions. Might be doing a bit haram, this, that, whatever. He's a basic guy under the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe his jannah is written just by taking back his daughter. Now, in our current society, it would be outrageous for a guy to kind of say, you're not coming back home or something. Right? Or maybe with the amount of that runaway, probably more likely, but who knows. But the point is, is that all of a sudden, his route to Jannah that wasn't even in his tasawwur at all, in his mind, in his dreams that this would be the way that I'm actually going to make it, is looking after my daughter. So, which is, which is his responsibility anyway. This is why I, find, I always found that hadith, by the way, you know why I remember this hadith so much? Because this is the hadith that we stopped at, at the, at the Mufrad. If we had carried on in season two and three, this is where it starts. Well, not everyone actually started it, but then we stopped, whatever, when the knees went. Anyway, um, so this uh, uh, meaning everybody has a weird left field, out of the box kind of trial that they don't know. And I can tell you right now, my life, I will tell you right now, that to be the constant traveler, if that's not a person who's got to try and work out how to make Jannah out of that, because he's got a tough life. Because the way that you get lulled in to that comfort and ease when you then come back into stability and then you need to now restart full prayers and then jama'ah and then get early to the masjid and then start bringing forward yani nafal and sunnah, this, that, when your whole five years, ten years, fifteen years you've been living the life. Good luck to you, bro. So, yeah, I... I I think, I actually think that we make too much of a, I think we would make too much of an issue out of this. I don't think, I don't think, you see this boy up there, this guy's a legend by the way. This guy over there, Ali Koka, you see this guy? He's an absolute legend. He's not given enough love or respect. Every time I see him, it makes me smile, yeah. When you walk into this masjid and he's standing on that member, you say, Allahu Akbar, your heart sings. He will give a khutbah in five minutes, man. It will be all over and that's it. No, no torture, no nothing. No, not the only reason. Not the only reason. Not the, not the only reason. 
You know what he did the other day? I went to a janazah the other day and it was full of madness going on there. And this guy made it so easy for me to go in. What a legend. I didn't realize he was here. We should give him a thingy. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. I told you that. I told you that. And I told I I I I told you that. I told everyone that. Fifty miles, four days. You can't get can't get it simpler than that. But you don't want that simplicity. Because I tell you why people never leave the Yes. Sick. Sick. Sure, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, in principle, yes. But obviously, the weaker the argument, meaning for the location, the weaker the position in the end. Like Rochdale is going to be a push, right? And you said two things there as well, which are important. You said shorter than combined. Again, the, this, is, the, the, this has to be taken off our tongues. Just, 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 uh, no, no, actually here it was far easier to allow him to combine than it is to shorten, right? Shorten has got to be, like in our hearts and minds, shorten has got to be like the big red line, because it's a big thing you're doing. It's the obligatory prayer that you're cutting in half. Combining, honestly, is a super flexible thing that can be activated. So the attitude to combining, so that if we're talking about attitude too, Attitude to shortening is like absolutely no way unless I'm definitely a traveler. Attitude to, short, to, to combining is that absolutely any time, in any scenario, in any moment, but I'm only going to use it once a year. Do you understand? It's a unique kind of relationship. To activate it, not a problem. But I'm only going to use it once a year or twice a year when I genuinely feel I can't, I really need it. Then you don't need to leave your house, bro. You can be on a Zoom meeting and decide to yourself that, you know what, this is really tough for me. If I, uh, this is a key moment, and if I walk out of this moment here, there'll be repercussions. I'll give that person a fatwa every day of the week to combine that prayer. But don't come to me again for the rest of the year for the, another one. Because that's when that person gets onto the, the, the slippery slide down. As for me not giving it to him, what was the point of the hadith in the first place? Obviously, I'm, go I'm covering next week's, week's lessons now, so let's leave that. So back to the point, yeah, I, I get it. Rochdale, you know, uh, it could be a discussion. It could be. Um, but that's the problem when you leave it like that. You don't then, right? And that's why the Muslim, um, the ulama, they're not dumb. Even though they don't, might not have evidences for their position or strong evidences for their position, that's the reason why they've said 80 kilometers, four days, and shut the door. And that's it. And people are not confused anymore. They're just not confused anymore. And I, I, I'm telling you, I absolutely support that position. One of the, I use it myself. I use it myself. I will use, but then obviously because I'm in the game, I will look at a scenario when I'm there and I will have the confidence to be able to play with the parameters 
if I feel there's something a bit not right here or I feel that, no, I've gone over it. So I won't use it strictly. But few people are going to be able to do that. A student of knowledge should be able to do that. But the masses, no. You cannot make this simpler than that for the masses. I know. Barrow. Yeah. A barrow upon furnace. Yeah. That's that's Mao's way, isn't it? Yeah, which is which and 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 you know you know uh uh the the truth is is that it gets lost in this whole discussion that it's only a sunnah according to majority and our class position to shorten, right? The asal is always to pray in full, especially when there's doubt. And so I just think that, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't think we should lose our minds in the, in the search for shortening, you know? It's completely fine. It is completely fine. It is completely fine. What's, like I said last week and the week before as well, what's completely not fine, what's completely never ever we find, and this person should obligate themselves shortening whenever they can if they ever fall into this trap, if they believe that their praying in full makes them better than someone who is shortening. That's a big problem. Lutz. That's okay. That's not you thinking. No, no. I don't think that's a precedent. I think that's a person kind of saying to themselves that I just didn't feel this was a journey. Or there's doubt over the length or the X or the Y parameter that would make this a journey. I think that the kind of people I'm warning against are a very distinct group of people that do this all the time. Not people who dabble in and out. They will, 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 will do that and say, why would I shorten? I would, and I, I don't even know whether I've quoted in all of these lessons yet the statement of Abdullah ibn Umar, right? Because we said that when a person is doing, uh, is on a journey or in a place where they're journeying or on the process of journeying or in a location where they haven't established themselves or not staying for a long time, one day, two days or whatever, that they, um, uh, they, that they saw Abdullah ibn Umar in the masjid completely chilling. Relaxed And he prayed his salah And he remained relaxed And there are people around him praying And this and that and whatever And so they're like He's just not even now finished his dhikr Just absolutely just doing nothing And they said uh, yani, You know you're the, We know you for ibadah And this and that Do you mind if we ask again Why wouldn't you just pray nafal and thing And you're just sitting around and just doing nothing He goes he goes, that's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever been asked. He goes, you're asking me to, f to pray Sunnah and Nafal prayer and not asking me to pray the Fard prayer as full. He goes, you're happy for me to cut, you know, because I've got all the time in the world and because I'm chilling and dosing according to you. So if I've got all the time in the world, why wouldn't I then take the high value, which is the four that I've made into two and at least pray that properly, properly, so I can pray the Sunnah Nafal properly. He was teaching them that the Sunnah is always king. That the Sunnah is what should lead us, not logic. So this is not a logical position. That if a person is somehow comfortable, then it's better to, it's more religious to pray full. No. It's if you believe that you're not traveling, or you're not sure that you're not traveling, or you don't want to take the concession because you're feeling okay, this is allowed for you to pray in full. 
It's the moment where you transfer across and say, well, you know what it is to pray uh, full is going to be better than the people who are praying shortening because the full prayer is one of no doubt. This is unacceptable. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that, so, so that's a problem. That's a problem. I find that very difficult to justify. For persons, again, one set location, which is a distance of travel away, so it's 60 miles away, and they're going there every day. But today I'm going to shorten, because I can feel the pressure today. I've got clients in X, Y, Z, and, X, y, and uh, uh, I'm going to pray in full, whatever. I find that, like, my heart doesn't like that at all. It hurts my head thinking about it. No, I think... I. No, no, I think, yeah, no, I think people praying here and there is okay, and it, you know, that you pray because you weren't sure or whatever. But when you're, this is effectively playing this scenario, you're either, you either are in or you're not. And what I'm saying is that if we understood the concept of combining, like I just explained, then if this person is a traveler, then the traveler has just that little bit more extra justification to combine than the non-traveller, but the non-traveller also is allowed on that difficult day, on that difficult mission to combine. But it's got to be warned against, which I will be speaking about in depth over the next few weeks, because people do not understand the consequences of combining. Yep, but we will get to that. We will get to that. Uh, right, yes. 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 Yeah. I think again, it's about what you feel when you get to that office or that, or that location. Is it? Does it feel like you're basically, you know, this is home, right? You're in complete control, complete whatever. And if you do and you feel it, then you should pray full, and that's it. Um, now, something which I like what he did, obviously, because we're not going to get to this for a while. Sheikh Uthameen then finishes off this kind of. Uh, Chapter, well he doesn't, but oh my goodness, all right, okay. So he says, um, if this traveler comes back home, a traveler doesn't need to fast. Yep. So he decides not to fast. It's Ramadan. He doesn't fast, he's a traveler. He then decides at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm gonna come go back home. He's not fasting. He comes back home at afternoon time, arrives at home. Does he have to do imsak? Imsak means to hold back, meaning can't eat. Okay, we've spoken about this before when we did the fasting summary years back. This is a very important issue about who is, a, who is required to, because the majority of scholars, they believe that when a person has a legal reason or whatever reason to not fast, and then they come into a location, back home, sorry, where the fast, that, that, that reason is now gone. They've got to make up that fast, obviously, because the condition of the fast has got to start from the beginning of the day. But they have to fast the rest of that day as well. Right? And that's a, a well-known position, and it's the position of the majority, and it's correct as well in certain circumstances. Sheikh is going to now cover a few of these variations, so I'm going to go through each one. So he said that this person who's come back as a traveler, so he's a traveler in the morning, then arrives back home. He's arrived back home, 
and should he now continue to fast? Two positions of the scholars, and both of them have been narrated from Imam Ahmed as well, meaning that he has to and he doesn't have to. Sheikh Uthameen says that the correct position according to him is that he does not need to fast. He does not need to, you know, uh, uh, avoid food because this person will not benefit from this whatsoever. What will the benefit be? What will he gain from doing this? And this is not a sacred day for him. Imsak has got to be done by the community because of the sacredness of the day. But it's not sacred for him. It's not a day of fasting for him. He was not fasting in the morning illegitimately. He was not fasting in the morning legitimately. He was a musafir. And it was, he was eating and drinking in the morning because it was permissible to him. So he is not in the, uh, uh, he's, not, he's not at risk of breaking the sacredness of the day with respect to him. Unlike, unlike a person who this ruling is for. Who is this ruling for that you have to fast for the rest of the day? If you've ever heard this before, it's a very specific kind of uh, situation. Nobody knows? No, no. Uh, imagine Ramadan. Just imagine it's Ramadan. Who would be the one that has to, uh, yani obligated, nos by text, consensus on this issue, must continue to fast for the rest of the day? Correct. It's the one who intentionally breaks that fast. Right? The one who sins, basically. This person, uh, and depending upon the level of the sin, whatever he did, or she did, or whatever, then this person has to, for the rest of the day, completely uh, protect the, the, the hurma, make tawbah for the action that they did, and make the, make the day up. It's almost like, a, uh, it's almost like a, an insurance policy against you breaking the fast, because that's how serious it is. It's not just a haram thing. You're going to suffer and pay back and everything. It's a preventative kind of measure. And yes, as some of the people are saying about people, women, who uh, are menses, but we're going to come to that in a second. Um, so then uh, another example uh, uh, is the, the, the menstruating lady. If she becomes pure in the middle of the day of Ramadan, then we have many scholars, as you've seen in the, seen in the comments, that said that she now needs to um, uh, fast. But it's not a fast, is it? She has to make up that whole day anyway. So she has to do imsak. And my position and Sheikh Uthameen's position is that no, this lady doesn't. She doesn't benefit from that. She doesn't break the sacredness by eating the rest of the day. She was not fasting in the morning with a legitimate excuse unlike the one who broke their fast illegitimately. So one who breaks it illegitimately has got to fast the rest of the day and make it up. The one who was legitimately not fasting in the beginning of the day, like the one who's menstruating, like the one who is traveling, like the one who is ill or whatever. Um, and also, uh, uh, yeah, these kind of folks. So, uh, okay, situation, a mas'ala. What if about a person who sees someone who's drowning and they realize and they need to save them, but they can see that 
they can only do that. Well, actually, sorry, he didn't say drowning, but he says save, save someone who is whatever. But it could be drowning, it could be some kind of uh, emergency, whatever. And you, you realize that you have to take something. So either you have to drink a whole load of water on the way down. I don't know how I'm saying that. That's what makes no sense. <laughs> Let's just turn it into a... Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's start again. You're the only guy around. You've got fireproof material clothes. House is on fire. And you can see that it's on the eighth floor. There's a person up there shouting out the window. You've got no ladder. You've got no nothing. But you've got the ability to go up the stairs, but not the energy. So you do one of those footballer jobs, yeah? And the lift isn't working. And the lift's not working. Okay. Who the fish is going to take the lift in a burning building, you absolute <laughs> waste man? What SOPs are you signing off with, GP? Oh, my goodness. So, so he's the only chance to save this person, but to break that... So he has to break his fast. The point is, he's got to break his fast. Okay? What do you think about this person? So he goes and he takes the energy on, legs it upstairs like Popeye, spinach, dang, dang, dang. He goes up, whatever. By the way, this is an important question. Put your hand up if you don't know who Popeye is. So you all are old. Amelia, be honest. Uh, don't lie to me. No. You sick guy, you sick guy. Okay. Okay, son, who's Popeye? You sick guy. See? He is applicable to today's Yeni kids. I've been pushing that, Popeye. Is he the one that you showed me a video? I did. I actually... Listen, I take that proper serious, you know, the whole Popeye thing. That's right. That's right. What are you telling one of my tactics for, bro? You know, my girl's not eating a spinach. I go, bro, do you know what happens when you eat your spinach? She goes, absolutely nothing. I go, wrong. I go, let me show you what happens when you eat your spinach. Then I brought Popeye the Sailor Man out. That's, how, that's what responsible parenting is all about, Zafar. You can learn a thing or two, okay? Jump into a flipping lift in a burning building. <laughs> so, um, he breaks his fast, works, gets the guy out. Now, the rest of the day, fasting. Yes or no? Any notes? Correct. He doesn't, he, he needs to make it up, of course, but he doesn't need to fast the rest of the day because his breaking was valid. So the way you've got to think about it is the validity of the breaking. So menstruation validity, emergencies validity, XYZ validity. Understood the point, folks? Yeah? Good. All right. Unlike the case, unlike the case, of course, there are some that said that he has to make it up. There's a, there's a difference of opinion in all of these. Yeah? Um, but that's our position. Um, unlike the case of a boy who becomes a man, yeah, bulugh occurs during the day, Ramadan. Okay, he must do imsad and make up the fast. Unlike the case for a non-Muslim, given da'wah, becomes Muslim at lunch. Ramadan, lunchtime, does it make sense? Lunchtime, Ramadan, has to hold back the rest of the day from food and drink and make it up. What's the difference between the previous scenarios 
and these scenarios. What kind of state was the first example group of examples and what kind of, what's the actual legal difference in change of legal state? Was an obligation to other people either. What is the actual difference? Huh? Who are? Why, why not the first people who are now back home? Yeah. Okay, the, what about the traveling guy? It's not illegal for him to fast. Allah. Anyone? So, Sheikh says that the difference between uh, these two is that in the first one, the reason that prevented the fast is now removed. Okay? In the second one, it now, re it, now it turns into a permanent obligation. In the second group of things. So for example, becoming a Muslim now is a constant and permanent reality. And what was that the example that we just gave? Uh, the, the boy becoming a... Uh, uh, so he goes... The so he goes... Uh, so when... Sheikh says that when the reason for obligating the fast is found... In the mid period, then it needs, then it, then the obligation basically starts from that moment. The fact that they didn't do it completely is something else, but the obligation, the legal obligation upon that person, has now started. It's not removed. The hurma effectively started from that second. So this is for the person who becomes a man, goes through bulugh, or a lady, actually not a boy, it's a man, but anyone who goes through bulugh. The one who is insane and now has sanity, mental capacity. The one who is non-Muslim and becomes uh, uh, Muslim. He goes that obviously there's difference of opinion on this matter, whether they're making insak or not, and especially about making up the day. Sheikh Uthameen's position is that they do not make up that day. Sheikh Uthameen's position is that they don't make up the day. All right, let's finish this off then. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, let's just do this quickly. So then we're in Canada. So if he has now two routes, okay, to a place, one is 60 kilometers, one is 80 kilometers. So you can take the shortcut and you can take the long one. If he takes the long one, he can still do the uh, uh, suffer, which is interesting. Because if he took the 61, he wouldn't be doing suffer. But if he takes the 81, he is. It's allowed for him to do it. If he did that intentionally to avoid praying, then there's trouble. Sheikh Uthameen says if he did that to break the fast, then this is not permissible for him to do that. He'll be held accountable 
do that, okay? And that's absolutely, uh, anyway, he goes, that's without a doubt the position of all the Imams, and that's what the position of our school is, but I'm not entirely comfortable with it. He goes that, I think that if a person did that intentionally, I think he can take advantage of it. So, I don't know. I think he's got a point. I'm not going to lie. Not that I've done that before. Uh, so, then the final part is, or if he remembers a prayer that he missed whilst he was traveling, and he remembers it whilst he is traveling. That's very straightforward. It's two units owed then, and two units obligated upon him now, so he's got to pray only two units. And therefore, Sheikh says we can summarize the whole remembering units and praying the units into the following four scenarios. Number one, he remembers a prayer that he missed when he was traveling. Remembers it when he's traveling, he prays. Prays two. Okay? Basar. Okay? He remembers a prayer that he missed at home and remembers it at home, he prays four in full. Number three, he remembers a prayer that he missed whilst traveling, remembers it at home, our class position. Our class position was two. The humbly position is four. Okay? We said we discussed that a couple of weeks ago. And that's the position of the majority of scholars, the whole four thing. They said that you've got to do it now. Shakrath said, what do you mean? I only owed two. If I only owe two, why, am I, why, why does it matter where I pray? Yeah? And then the fourth scenario, he remembers the uh, prayer that he missed at home, but he remembers it in the journey. Four. Four. And that's the class position as well. Okay? That's the humble position and the uh, uh, position of Sheikh Uthameen. So those are the four scenarios. Come on. Yeah. All right. Next then is um, if he is held behind, walam yanwil iqama. All right. He is uh, uh, hooked up somewhere, basically. Right. So for example, like at the Prophet when he went to Tabuk, he had no intention of being there for more than a couple of days. But then the situation got bad. And he was hooked up then there for 17 or 19 days. And so he shortened all that time. So whenever you are held up, then you do not, then you, are, you can pray shortened prayer. And then likewise, we, uh, Sheikh Uthameen mentions an evidence noted by Abdul Razak in his Musannaf, okay, with a, with a good chain. that he said that he was hooked up in Azerbaijan. So he went to Azerbaijan. And he goes that the snow situation became so bad that they got hooked up for six months. Now, I want you to understand that, that they've gone with an intention of whatever and to come straight back out. And the snow has blocked the whole X, Y, Z, and so they couldn't actually make progress until a complete change in the weather situation allowed it to all melt. So the key here is that he doesn't want to stay. He has no intention of staying, and every day, every week, every two weeks, he's back out to check, is any change in the situation? No. All right, well, we we'll wait then until that. So there's always this, now, some people make this so much complicated. They say, you've got to keep checking every day. No. The point is, is that I don't want to stay here. I have no intention to stay here. 
And as soon as I can go, I want to I go. That is enough to remove the comfort of home from the place that he is in. So it's an interesting uh, point. Sheikh Uthameen says something here as well. He goes, when in this issue, you know, your logic might differ in this. So I might be able to put this point to you and you say, yeah, I agree. And some people say, well, no, I, I disagree. And I think the disagree has got a fair point here. But now we have this action of Abdullah bin Umar. Now, what do we do as a value to this uh, to narration? Is it enough to put the argument to bed when we are, don't have any hadith from the Prophet ﷺ? Is it enough to say, well, that's what Ibn Umar said, and that's what he did, and that's what we've got to go with? Sheikh Uthameen says that a qawl sahabi and... Uh, or action, sorry, of a Sahabi is a hujjah. It's a legal evidence on two conditions. The first condition is that it does not contradict a text, a definitive text. So no ayah contradiction, no hadith contradiction. And it doesn't here. The second is that he is not contradicted by another action of a companion. So it doesn't contradict anas. And number two, he is not contradicted by the, 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 the position or the, or the action of another com, uh, companion. Sheikh Uthameen adds a point. He goes, um, if there is another a, a, a companion's opinion, we're not going to reject it. We're going to discuss it. We're going to see who's got the stronger position. If he's got the stronger one, we go with that one. And if this one's got the stronger one, then we'll go with that. And he goes... And if, uh, 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 so he goes, that's the principle. And he goes, anyway, forget the principle. When you look at the action of Abdullah bin Umar, it's in line with what we've been saying. And it's in line with the Quran and the Sunnah as well. So we're happy to go with that anyway. Uh, Sheikh said the most important point in all of this is that he must not intend to stay in this place. He's, he, wants to, he doesn't have any long-term plans. Okay. Then the final part of this is, أَوْ أَقَامَ لِقَضَاءِ حَاجَةٍ بِلَا if a person is in a place to fulfill some kind of need and he's not being held back now, so it's not the scenario of I'm blocked, but he's gone to a place where he has no intention of hanging around, so he's moving from hotel to hotel, or he's staying with different people and whatever, and he's looking for business opportunities and he's kind of relaxed. So he's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to stay there as long as I need to stay. But I, I'm definitely you know, not planning to stay, right? I'm going to do business. If another deal comes, I'll do another deal. If another situation comes, I'll do another deal, whatever. So he goes, it doesn't matter how long this happens. Sheikh says, even if his whole life is like that, even if his whole life remains in that country, and you do have narrations of some of the Sahaba, and it is true, you might have heard this before, that they went for... Uh, between five to ten years and they were shortening their prayer. That was because they were in like a constant state of da'wah and tijara, moving around small areas, but the fundamental big distance was done, but they were still in that kind of state. So I'll finish off what Sheikh uh, says here. He goes, because, and we allow this for this person, why? Because he... Uh, he goes, ultimately, this is the difference between two types of person. The first one who intends a temporary stay or a temporary residency and permanent residency. 
he goes that there's a general, open-ended, absolute kind of staying, and then there's one which is a restricted staying. The restricted muqayyada is a restricted staying because of the circumstance that he's mentioned, the job that he's got to do, the reason that he's there for, whatever. And there's another person who's saying that I'm not restricted by anything, I'm hanging around. Sheikh says that the one who's hanging around is lack of citizenship. He's taking citizenship, he's paying taxes, he's hanging around, he's like taking residency, etc. Um, and he's got no reason for him to uh, leave. And he's got no pressure to leave. And he's got no time limit to leave. So he gives the example of diplomatic staff. This is a, you'll find often in, the, in our scholars when they're giving, uh, uh, when they're teaching fiqh and so on, many of them had never traveled out, uh, abroad, by the way. Many of them. You know, like these kind of people, Bin Baz and Sheikh Uthameen, whatever. They were fortunate, well, not fortunate. They did, but only as medical patients. They weren't like the holidaying type. And in those days, there weren't these kind of, you know, all these flights and holidays and everything. So you'll find they never went in their kind of formative fiqh years, but rather in their later years for cancer and for major operations to the States, to Germany. And I remember, I do think that he went a couple of times for that. And obviously, they're still, they're still scholarly and young enough to be able to remember and teach. But most of the time when they're teaching this stuff, they've got to work with what's in their kind of experience. And that was mostly people who are in the diplomatic corps and the military and businessmen that would be coming back and telling them kind of stories. So he gives the example of diplomatic staff. He goes, 100% diplomatic staff, they have to pray full. There's absolutely no chance that they can be getting away with shortening the prayer, even though they're not uh, citizens. But these are people who go out there, get a visa of almost permanency, and they're there on a job, no doubt. And they're only there because they're Saudi you know, consulate staff but they are, are not on a time limit. They're not on a contract. They're not on a whatever. They only will come back if they are recalled or they're moved somewhere else. So this is, Yani, you're staying there. And this person has got to pray in full. Okay? And he goes, فَهُمْ فِي حُكْمُ الْمُسْتَوْطِنِينَ He goes, these are the same people as the people who have taken as their watan, citizens, like us who live here. He goes, the same people would fall into this Category as economic migrants and those folks that seek asylum and those folks who whatever. These are people who are coming to stay, right? It doesn't matter that their political status doesn't give them a visa or a passport, but they're coming to stay. So for all these people, they are going to uh, uh, pray in full. As for al-iqama al-muqayyida, this is a stay that is restricted either by time or by an action. So for example, if it's by time, we've already spoken about that, Sheikh said. And we've said that, you know, if a person is uh, 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 staying, uh, according to the Hanbalis, if he's intending to stay in this place for longer than four days, then he's got to pray in full. And if he's intending to stay in this place for less than four days, then he shortens. And we spoke about the difference about that. And of course, the class position is that there is no length of time. It's about how you feel and come across. As for the one who is restricted by action, then it doesn't matter how long the length of time is. If the action that they're doing is making them yani, move and hang around and, and so on, then, then, or he doesn't know how, that, how long that will last, then it lasts as long as the action. And the example that he gives is an operation. So if someone goes for medical treatment and you don't know how long and the pre-op and then the act, the, uh, then you go into you know, some remission and there's a problem and then there's, you know, whatever blah, 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 
He goes, the only time that you are going to know you're going back is when you've been told you're good to go. You can't predict that. You're a traveler from the second you arrive all the way in that time, etc., 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 etc. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, even if he believes that it's going to be a long time, he will be a, a traveler. Okay? Um, yeah. Sheikh then says that, and this person can do this for, the, for all the time that he's there, even if it's a year or six months or whatever. There are some scholars, he says, he goes that if there's a person who is a, uh, he or, uh, some of the scholars said that, no, we need to add a, a condition here. That this person can only shorten for the time of the traveling itself. So remember what we said before, that a person um, doesn't need to stay the four days. The four days is yani, them, themselves knowing that that's how long I'm going to be here. And you start using the concession straight away. He goes the same with these people who have come to stay for a longer period of time. They are only allowed to shorten for the four days. And then after the four days, they then complete their prayer in full. And the problem with this position is that it's neither here or it's neither there. You are either someone who's taking a concession or traveling or you're not. And so, you know, I'm not too, uh, you know, buzzed on that. And Sheikh says, well, قول الجمهور. He goes, as for the, the, the first position, the second position is a minority position, a shad one. The majority position is the first one. And in fact, Ibn al-Mundhir, who, as I spoke about last week, I said that those, or the week before, those who have collected books on what we call ijma'a, those points that the ummah has agreed upon and the scholars have all agreed upon, he goes, actually, Ibn al-Mundhir claimed an ijma'a upon this uh, point. That a person does not pray a full prayer whilst they are waiting to get a job done, a contract, a business, a, 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 a medical treatment, whatever. This because it's an open-ended situation that has got no sets of parameters, then the state of mind isn't like a traveler and your actions are like a traveler and you will remain like a traveler for the whole period of time. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. So that's the end of shortening the prayer with respect to um, uh, 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 the, the people of excuses and, and traveling. And next week and the next three, four weeks, as I said, maybe longer, it's all going to be entirely focused on combining, okay, combining the prayer. Right, do we have any uh, questions um, that I haven't um, covered here in class online? I think, how long exactly are we on now? Does the concept of imsak also apply to making up an obligatory fast outside of Ramadan? Is that 110 or 120? 120. Um, no, this is not required for the obligatory fast. This is about hurmat al meaning the sacredness of the day, and a non-obligatory day does not have a sacredness okay doesn't have a sacredness okay anyway i don't oh yeah okay we have a question uh here a man collapsed when the salah is the male traveler obligated to attend the jama'ah in my opinion he's not in my opinion he's not also in the opinion of muhammad he's not but it's good that they do 
Last Jum'ah, a man collapsed when the Salah had started, so a few of us helped him. The net result that I missed Jum'ah. I had the option of attending second Jum'ah, but I didn't want to. Uh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I read that wrong. But because it ended the sentence there, but I didn't want to. But I didn't want to take the mick with work. Okay? That's what I should have said. Yeah. But I didn't want... Huh? Punctuation is so important. But I didn't want to take the mick with work. Is that uh, sinful? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Wallahu alam. Obviously, you prayed Dhuhr. And you didn't stay for Jum'ah. Yeah. They would have. You're right. But that's what causes my, my doubt. It wasn't. There was a second Jum'ah. And that's what puts the cat amongst the pigeons, isn't it? Are you doing gender politics with me, bro? <laughs> Don't get in gender bakwas with me, bro. You know how I do with people like that. Yalla, buzz, mashallah. Is that you, Mazita, again? Are you, are you bored again? May Allah bless Mazita and her cooking. Honestly, I had a killer cookie from her. It destroyed my diet the other day. Right. I'm a rock, though. Right. Alaikum <laughs> salam. Uh, how to find... Bro, what are you on about? My God, I, I said, how do you find khushu in salah? This is LP, bro. Find khushu in salah. Find one six-hour section on, 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 on khushu. Right. I've seen a lot of people tap someone praying to start a jama'ah. They have no idea if that person is praying their sunnah or far, but they just tap them on the shoulder to pray the remaining rak'ah as jama'ah. Is this permissible? Yes, it is permissible. You don't have to be... Uh, 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 the person doesn't have to agree. Okay? But um, it's permissible for you to do. Just uh, so don't move, don't indicate. I, I don't like it, by the way. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I will absolutely not make takbir for them. I had someone join behind me without tapping or anything. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, also, that's because I'm just that guy, I'm a miserable guy. I don't like you know, people, you know, I want people to I'd make an effort, you know. I really don't like you know, a person coming to do that. He gets enough at home, don't give it to him. Look at him, man, he's getting fat. <laughs> give it to him, give it to the rest of the gang. Um, the, uh, what, what, what I don't like is people just disrespecting the concept, knowing that you're praying a sunnah, for example, and then coming up. But if I'm praying alone in a masjid at a time, I will absolutely then lead them. But like for example, like we're praying Maghrib. And the whole masjid just finished praying Maghrib. Everyone now gets up to pray Sunnah. And you come and tap my shoulder. You are dreaming, son. You lazy fish. Do you know what I mean? Not a chance. So yeah. Um, that's right, Shamima. We get that every week, mashallah. Right, so... Uh, lastly, I think we'll, this is the last question. No, we're just two questions. That's it. Salange and Maryam. For someone who prays the later Asr time on a usual basis, is it permissible to pray the earlier time? You always find these boys now, right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They like yani, the Arabi log yani, when, it, when it matters. Yeah. If needed on an occasional basis, especially during the winter days. You see the problem with this? Yeah. Is that, I mean, obviously you're asking a guy who's completely okay with the first time anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Of course I'm going to say it's okay. But it's not good if you don't feel yourself it's permissible. This is a problem. 
But if you're saying that, no, no, I do believe the first time, but I pray the second time, then, then absolutely that's fine. The reversal between the winds is in the summer, you could be like, oh, I'm going to pray for later at full time so I can get my Zohar in and I get home after work. That's probably more. Ras. Yeah. That's a little bit as well, though, isn't it? This is why, by the way, just on that, what, because of what you just said, that is really important, because I, I have mentioned this, of course, in Protect This House, but just in case you're, you, you haven't seen it and you've got kids, whatever, you must never, ever, ever, ever tell your kids not to pray Dohar at school. Never, ever, ever, okay? Never, ever fall into that trap. A working person, someone different, okay? Working person will have the responsibility of understanding what today I'm not going to do, I'll do it when I get home. Asr is not starting until half five, going home at four. That's cool. But a kid, never. A school kid must make lunchtime completely sacred to the prayer. So that at no time when the year then changes back to the other one, does he have the problem doing it. Yep. In fact, they're doing it in the summertime where the person can, a child obviously, all the time will be able to get home and pray dhuhr. Everyone comes home at half past three, four o'clock. Yep. They'll always be able to pray their dhuhr at home. And they find, those are the kids who find it most difficult to pray their dhuhr and their asr and the like during winter time. Whereas the kids who pray their dhuhr at summertime in school find it a lot easier to pray the rest of the prayers. Just remember that, just in case I forget to mention that again. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't matter about the masjid, it's about you. As long as you believe that the prayer starts earlier, then you're okay. And last question, have we covered... If you have to pray Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib at the airport, if the amount of time between the plane landing and you arriving at your house is not enough for you to catch it when you get home. Yeah, so if you did do that, you'd pray Qasr prayer. You would pray the Qasr prayer if you uh, arrive at the airport at home. Okay? And if you want to combine the prayers, of course you can do that as well. So if you've got enough time to get home and combine the prayer, then even that's, of course, maybe even better, more comfortable. And your last question for you, yeah? Not shorter, no, but you'd be able to, for example, pray that prayer in a way that the pain doesn't hurt. So, for example, if it's like a leg or a foot. No, like if it, uh, sometimes it can be those. So, you basically use what you have as options in front of you. What are the options? To, to be able to change position of your body to reduce the pain in whatever way if the pain is that type of pain, a physical pain, so that you can change the body in a way that will allow the pain to reduce. Or, for example, if you know that I'm going to get hit with the pain definitely and I won't be able to pray in this next period of time, then you would pray the prayer very late, for example, which you're not allowed to do normally, delaying it to the last 10 minutes of the prayer time. That's the second thing you'd do. And then as a last resort, if you knew that this is going to be a problem for the whole next three hours, I will not be able to pray, then you could combine that prayer as a one-off. But never would it be shortened. All right? Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shadu wa la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.